Welcome back to First Horizon Park here in downtown Nashville. It's Jeff M. back with you. Sounds on deck presented by Pepsi and tonight game four for the Sounds of the Iowa Cubs. Joined by pitching coach Jeremy Accardo. And Jeremy, let me start aerial view. Overall, you guys as a staff has the, have the number one team ERA in AAA. You, your pitching staff has issued the fewest walks of any staff in AAA. We're about two months in now. What have you liked the most about what your overall hurlers have done so far this year? I think I think we got a, a, an overall group that is excited to to be here. And, and at a AAA level, it's not always the it's not always the case. Um, there's always some attitudes that come with it and some some disappointment. And um, we tend to keep this atmosphere pretty loose and, and, and try to make sure these guys are having fun just so that stuff doesn't weigh on them as much as it usually does. I gave a couple numbers just now. What numbers do you care about? What numbers do you look at? I know we're talking about, you know, sometimes 15, 16 different people. That means all their stuff is different. So in general, what are some things that you're tracking in your role to, to measure how your guys are doing? I tend to think of it more as, a, as an individual basis and, and take it to the player himself. Are they getting better? Am I preparing them to pitch in the big leagues? Am I making them the best that they can be? When they show up here on week one, on week four, are they better? Have they grown in any way as a man, as a husband, a father, a player? Uh, just all of that stuff is, is kind of our goal. Pitching-wise, it's always nice to see, you know, McGuff and I will look every once in a while, but it's not very often that we go look at that stuff. Um, if we do the little things right, the big stuff takes care of itself. So we have some internal stuff that we value and focus on and, and try to focus on that and let the uh, traditional numbers of wins, losses, strikeouts, walks, and all that stuff kind of play itself out. News of the day is that left-hander Ethan Small is back with the Brewers. Recalled today, he'd been terrific down here. You worked with him all last year, the good, the bad, the struggles. Uh, I know he's had some moments this year where he feels like he's sort of found it again. What have you seen so far from Ethan this year compared to maybe late last year when his consistency was not where he wanted it? Yeah, I, I see a very, very self-confident man. When he grabs the ball, he knows what he's doing. He has an idea of what feels right in the moment and he sticks to it. And, um, you know, last year he, he, he had his first real struggle in pro ball and um, it happened at the highest level in, in here. And, and it's it's a tough thing to deal with and navigate through. You start to try to search for answers where, you know, this, this game will humble you at random times. And the more weight you give those moments, the tougher it is to get through. So at the end of the day, I, I was happy that I was here with him and could talk him through it. And I'm even more happy where he is right now. and. And honestly, he's, he's right where he should be up there. The way he's pitched here has been nothing but, you know, fantastic for us. He had said early this year that right before the season, he kind of got it clicked again with like arm slot and then timing. It's just an example to me that the smallest adjustment can have the biggest payoff sometimes. Yeah. And get, these guys evolve in ways where they don't even realize it. And then something gets out of whack. And then your job is to help them find it. Do you feel like Ethan is sort of like an exhibit A of, of something small that became something big for him last year? That's exactly it. And, and when something small becomes something big, it's usually the small that fixes it. So um, it's funny that we're talking about Ethan in the same time, saying small nine <laughs> times in a row. But um, he... Um, He's a guy where simple is better, and, and that's true of almost everybody. If you can get your um, overall concepts down to very, very simple tasks, it ends up being better. It's very, very difficult sport to do on both sides of the ball. I mean, hitting alone, that's probably one of the hardest mm -hmm. things to do in sports. And us as pitchers give them too much credit sometimes, so we get out of ourselves and, and don't really stay with what we're good at and trust our stuff. And that's sometimes the biggest the biggest things we can make adjustments to, to 
to create more consistency and create a uh, not just a, a one-time major leaguer, but a but a career as a, as a major league player. Robert Gasser was so good last week in Durham. Last night was different in all kinds of ways. Uh, some he could control, some he couldn't. What did you see about his outing last night compared to the one in Durham? I think that he came in. He, and Gasser is a is a beautiful kid in the in the fact that. He expects greatness out of himself and expects perfection. That's not always the case, especially when you have overpowering stuff like he does. All these little ups and downs that, that he's going through are very, very important in him growing as a player. So yesterday was a great one to go through. I, I, I said it to, to multiple people. I said, this is where, this is one of those outings where he's going to learn the most. You know, swinging bunts and bunt singles and ball sneaking through and a couple of balls not made behind you plays. This is stuff that happens, and it happens all the time. And if you give it life, it'll, you know, it's like blowing wind on a fire, it spreads. So you got to be able to step up and handle what you can control and just attack and do your damn job. With pickoff limitations and clocks and stolen bases up around the game, and now the shift restrictions on the infield, how much of all of that stuff is coming up in what your job is to do? Because it's all part of it, but it's maybe not the central most theme that you need to yeah. deal with these guys on. You know what, it's it's um, it's something that we know is there, and if everything goes crisp, it doesn't play into the game. Yeah. But as soon as something goes awry and the focus becomes on the hitter and not on the clock and on the base runners, it presents itself. So. It just adds a couple more layers to what the stress is of the game. When there's nobody on, you know, a pitch clock violation because you didn't get the right pitch, so what? But when there's guys on second and third and it changes the leverage count to a non-leverage count, it, it really hurts us and, and, and hamstrings us. But I think it's a great tool for these guys to use here to prepare for playoff baseball, let alone, like, when you're trying to win a pennant and, and trying to, to make the playoffs. Like, those games tend to get more stressful and every out is stressful. So it's very important for these guys to go through and the more we can just talk about it, navigate through it and understand like, hey, you still got a job to do and you need to find a way to slow the game down and to handle what you need to handle and control what you can control and don't let other things go awry because you know, good clubs are trying to take advantage of things and, and some of them are very good at it and some of them don't even care. Yeah. So you got to treat them like they all care and, and find a way to, uh, to get through it at, a, at an elite level. You're always generous with your time, my friend. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Sounds pitching coach Jeremy Accardo. This has been Sounds on Deck presented by Pepsi. Stay tuned. The lineups and first pitch are coming up next.